Who's that? He's driving. Since when? Since an hour ago. Came down from the top. From the top of what? You make him seem like he's goddamn Moses. Don't you take the Lord's name in vain. Well, I'm goddamn sorry. Well, you're gonna be sorry. And if you don't like it, Sonny, you can get out right now. What I don't like is you, him, or anybody else changing the plans every time I turn around. That's what I don't like. I'm Sonny. And I'm Wes. And I'm Jack Cruz. And we'll be cruising right behind you. <laughs> cruising behind the Cruz. <laughs> what do you mean you'll be right behind me? Protection. Protection from what? Policy. We send a car with every truck. Come on, let's do it. Nobody's dog but his own. Easy boy. Tor, can you believe it? Five gallon flush. Wanna look any closer? I'm just here to drive. Hello, hello. I'm Katie and welcome to RetroMade, your pop culture rewind. Today, we're going to go back to May of 1998, probably the newest, most recent movie we'll ever cover, or at least up until now, for the Trucker Road action movie, Black Dog. And as always, we'll touch on all of the other happenings of the time in the time capsule. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by Scott Murphy of all 90s action all the time and New Horror Express podcast. Scott, thank you so much for joining me. Please tell us about you and your shows. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to be invited onto another podcast. Uh, so All 90s Action All The Time is a monthly podcast where me and my co-host Craig look at just 90s action films and uh, we the format was originally we would look at individual action stars do seasons on individual action stars that's how we started it we did Seagal, Stallone, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer but then we went on to doing films that correspond to to the year in the 90s so uh, last year we did films of 93 this year we're doing films in 94 and so on and so forth it's really a very simple concept that is literally we just look at 90s action films (laughs) <laughs> it's great. I I love it. I like both concepts. I like the themes of the guys, like each guy, and now the years. And New Horror Express is actually kind of winding down. I've only got two episodes that I've got recorded that I need to release at some stage, but then I'm, I'm kind of ending it there because it was kind of too much having the two podcasts. But that is was um, an interview show where I talked to horror writers, directors, actors, all, all sorts. Just a- anybody working in indie horror today, I, I was uh, interviewing them. And we, we did some other side shows. We had a side series that looked at guilty pleasure horrors. And we had a couple of times where I was looking at films from horror film festivals and did a couple of specials that way. But uh, as much as it is ending, there is an archive 
with there's about 183 episodes available so you can still listen to to all of those that, that's over like a kind of five-year period so, dang that's a yeah. lot so people who like to binge there you go we will open the time capsule from may of 1998 in order to set the stage of the time the movie we're covering what was going on at that time now for me i'm in high school at this time are you in uh-huh. junior high school or did they, what do they call it in the UK? They just call it high school. We go to primary school from the ages of like five to, I don't know, like 11. Okay. And then we go, and then we go to high school from the age of 12 to 18. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds so about right. <laughs> so like seventh grade, that's considered high school? No, blah, 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 blah. Uh, or is it no it's t- no 12 no it must be th- no i no that's wrong that's wrong it must be 30 no no it's 13 okay. it's 13 it would be the equivalent to eighth grade eighth? yes okay. so we so we do primary school which is primary one one to seven okay. and then we do high school and first year of high school would be the equivalent of your eighth grade school yes because this 1998 would have been the year i went into high school when i turned 13 Got that's it. right oh, well, so <laughs> speaking, we were both in high school but in america you would have been in junior high or middle school or oh whatever. okay yeah so anyway okay cool um, cool cool similar so i have like far better memories of this time than the movies that were in the 80s or even earlier in the 90s so hopefully this will be fun popular tv According to the Nielsen ratings of the 97-98 season, this is the finale of Seinfeld. The finale season. ER. Very good. ER as well. I remember that show being big. And then Veronica's Closet was in the top 10 shows. That show with Kirstie Alley. Did you ever see that? Not really. I am aware of it. No, I did. I think it was, you know, I think it was on somewhere, but it's not one I really watched. It came up in a in a prior episode because the guy, her love interest in that must have been in the movie. Mm -hmm. I remember enjoying it. She runs like a lingerie company and she's the boss and her name is Veronica. Any guess what other big show was real big at this time? Real big at this time. A sitcom. Friends? friends yeah yeah, yeah. Friends. <laughs> this was like prime okay. friends time yeah i guess it was yeah 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 for sure for sure touched by an angel which i never watched did you watch that show no i'm not even sure if that made it to the uk like i i recognize the no. title but i don't know it's no the, i never watched I it no the lady is british actually her name is right. escaping right now but long dark hair pretty woman anyway you guys know who I'm talking about. Union Square, <laughs> never heard of that show. Must have been a one no. season. Anybody who's seen Union Square, please let us know. I am unfamiliar with this show, never even heard of it. Also, though, Home Improvement was a big show with Tim the Toolman Taylor. Tim, Tim Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I remember that show. That definitely, that was, that was definitely on in the UK. And we, I definitely watched it. The X-Files, which I thought that was more early 90s, but I guess. It ran for years, though. Like, I think because I think it started in 93 or 94, Uh but it ran like the the initial run ran through to it was like 10 seasons. So it ran through to 2003 or something. Well, then that makes sense. I remember catching it from time to time 
but I wasn't like a hardcore fan of the X-Files. Yeah. I think this would have been kind of the peak of the X-Files because the X-Files movie would have come out in 98 as well. I remember the X-Files movie. I was I was into the X-Files. I liked all kind of sci-fi shows. I didn't even know there was a movie. Was it with the same actor? Yeah. Like the yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I can't remember because there's... Uh, it kind of bridges like a couple of seasons. Like the movie is kind of a weird movie because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you've not seen... It's like... It kind of connects to the season, the season finale of I think season four, and the the first episode of I think season five. I think that's where it bridges. <laughs> and I would have guessed. I'm not shocked that you were a sci-fi person or that you're a sci-fi person. I somehow that uh-huh. train missed me. But yeah. I did watch Just Shoot Me with David Spade. Oh, the David Spade show. Yeah. Okay. I loved that uh-huh. show. The people in it were really funny. Yeah, I only caught a couple of episodes of that. Some of the other sitcoms you've mentioned, like Home Improvements and Friends and the Seinfeld, I watched and was a big fan of. But Just Shoot Me was one of those ones that kind of... I saw a few episodes mm-hmm. of it, but I never really got into it. I can see that. So those were the top shows. There were some other shows that were notable in that this was their final year. Obviously, we mm-hmm. talked about Seinfeld, but that was an event, apparently, like a two-part... Uh, that was on NBC... And people, I feel like, still talk about how terrible that finale was. Do you have thoughts or feelings either way? I quite enjoy the finale. I don't like basically people got upset that they, they all end up in jail. I enjoy. I enjoyed the, the, the final episodes. I, I think they're still funny. I, I think they. St- I think they still work. It's not the. It's not prime Seinfeld. It's not the best, but I. I, I still enjoy it. I have to say, I wouldn't have been aware of this at the time necessarily. Because I became a bigger fan of Seinfeld in the 2000s when I like bought them on like DVD because Seinfeld was scheduled real weird in the UK. It was on uh, BBC Two, which was one of the four main channels in the UK at the time. And it was on at 11 o'clock at night. And then, you, you know, you would get like a few episodes and it would disappear for a while. And then you get a few episodes. So it was, it, yeah. So I, I kind of only saw very sporadic until I like, bought all the box sets (laughs) that makes sense i feel like it gained with me as well a little bit later but i I Mm -hmm. kind of like the finale bringing back in that it brought back all the characters from throughout the seasons to show what terrible people they all are anyway that was a that was an event other notable finales geraldo the talk show host he had a show and it ended grace Mm -hmm. under fire Singled out the MTV show ended 98 step by step with Patrick Duffy, Duffy and Suzanne Summers ended this year. Living single, Sybil, Murphy Brown, USA up all night. You probably didn't ever see this. I'm assuming it was on the USA network. No. But because, like, a, like a horror fan, and and like I've, you know, through kind of social media and stuff like that, and like through kind of people having kind of horror memories, I've become aware of it in the last kind of few years, and I've seen clips of it now, so I know what it is. Okay. But no, it, it definitely wasn't on in the UK. Oh my gosh, I kind of forgotten about it. It's a weird. It was like a show that basically just presented a movie, or and during commercial mm-hmm. breaks they would have little 
segments on whatever. Like Gilbert Godfrey was one of the big hosts of it. And it, yeah, it would be like a cheesy horror movie or like a bad cheesy 80s movie or something. And it was on late at night on the USA Network. I'd love to hear you all's memory of USA up all night. I feel like there was like an Elvira person too. Woman. Yes, I believe so. I want to say, I think it's, I think she was called Rhonda something. Oh, okay. Was it? (laughs) Probably. Um. Probably. (laughs) My memory is bad, but I I can picture our living room growing up watching, watching USA up all night. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, I am a big fan of Taya Leone, and she had a show called The Naked Truth. It was like a newspaper. I feel like she was a journalist. Okay. And it ended in 1998, as did Family Matters, which was a huge show, TGIF. And Ellen. Ellen, not the talk show, but her sitcom ended in 98. And then some shows that started this year, Friday Night Fight, began in 98, apparently. Never heard of it, but okay. Oh, really? <laughs> I sort of thought, yeah. I don't, I never really watched it, but I'm assuming it's boxing. Like, it was a show and they aired fights Friday night. I feel like I've heard of it a lot. But in my teen okay, years, okay. I was not super into boxing aside from the Rocky movies. Yeah. It's probably if it's it was it, it's probably something that just wasn't aired in the UK. It seems sounds like the sort of thing that I probably would have watched yeah. if it had been aired in the UK. Yeah. But like, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking like I don't know HBO maybe somebody is probably screaming, okay. listening like, oh my god, you idiot! Also, era ninety eight. This was the first season for the Hughleys, uh, Charmed, The King of Queens, Sex and the City. Dawson's Creek. I just recently posted about Dawson's Creek starting. I hated that show. It was such a big thing, and I was very annoyed yeah, by right. everyone in it. I didn't like it. The show Jesse with Christina Applegate. I think it only lasted a few seasons, but I loved it. I'm a big fan of her. Anybody else watch Jesse? Mm-hmm. Also, Felicity. I didn't watch it, but it's that girl with the long, curly hair and i think she's in i want to say the new show she's in that's really good is called the diplomat oh all right carrie like on netflix or one of the streamers the diplomat oh i know who you're talking about that actress who's also in the americans yeah 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 um oh yeah that's right yeah what's her real name at any rate okay (laughs) Also, Total Request Live, TRL, on MTV. Did you guys watch that? Do you remember that? When I was a kid, we didn't have Sky. We didn't have, like, cable or anything. We just had the four channels, so we didn't get anything like that. Got it. So if we had Sky, we we might have been able to watch it. MTV was available in the UK if you had Sky. Like, we didn't have any of that. Got it. No, I didn't see any of those shows. (laughs) Well... I remember T- Total Request Live, TRL, being a huge deal, probably in the early 2000s a lot. Like, Carson Daly was the host, you know, and, like, I'm of the age where I really care about who all the young, cool are. Like, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and boy bands and stuff. Another show that premiered that's kind of been in the news a lot lately for a notorious actor in it, 
that 70s show. It started in 98. I don't know if I realized that. I didn't think it would be as far back as that. Yeah. I, th- I thought it would have been like early 2000s, like 2000, 2001, something like that. Yeah, I don't know what I thought, but 98. Yeah. Two guys and a girl. I remember this. It's like a pizza place they all worked at or something. It didn't last all that long. Is that the Ryan Reynolds one? Ooh. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Good call. And Will and Grace. I do remember 98 being about its first year, and I adore that show. Did you ever watch Will and Grace? Yes. Um, yes, I did. I did. Because there's um, basically one of the four channels that we got. as, as NBC. <laughs> was in the UK was ch- Channel 4, which showed a lot of the American sitcoms. And Will and Grace was one of them. They, they tended to show them on a Friday night. Um, like friends and you know. yeah well i'm actually i'm I'm curious now because yes so friends er will and grace those were all on nbc and they might have even been on the same night i want to say thursday night was like must see tv here mm-hmm. so when you saw those shows i don't know why my dumb brain was like well you just got nbc but you didn't what no we did not no, Channel 4 bought all those. Oh, the three shows you mentioned were all on Channel 4. Yeah, no, they were just bought by the, the different TV stations. Okay. Yeah. Duh, Katie. The only other one, Whose Line Is It Anyway, premiered in 1998. Okay. I feel like... So this, is that still on? It ran for a really long time, though. It did, it did run for a really long time. Yeah. Curiously, that's one of those shows that has like both an American version and a British version. Oh, and and they used to, yeah, they used to kind of show both. Who was in the? Would I be familiar with the people that were in the British version? No, no, okay, no. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's see what the top ten billboards were from the very specific week that Black Dog came out. So May 1st, 1998. Oh my God. The number one song. I still love this song. If if I'm out like some like at a bar and this comes on. Too Close by Next. Do you know the song I'm talking about? Like step oh, back it dancing kind of close. That one. That does sound kind of familiar. I feel um, but. I love it. And that's probably a one hit wonder by Next. Sure. Right. But. Great song. Shania Twain has the number two song with You're Still the One. I remember that being big. I'm not a country person, but Shania had a lot of crossover and very pretty poppy country songs. The number three song is called Let's Ride, and it's by Montel Jordan featuring Master P and Silk the Shocker. This is so very 98. Yeah, great song. Casey and Jojo has the number four song with All My Life. I'm sure you know that one. Possibly. All my life, I pray for someone like you. The number five song is Frozen by Madonna. 
Yeah, I know that one. You do? <laughs> I, that's so funny because I'm like, what's Frozen? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I just I remember she's kind of it's got. I remember it's got like a weird video. She's like out in the desert or something. Uh, like oh. it's, it's got it's something. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I was like, God, I love Madonna too, and I'm like, God, what's Frozen? The number six song is called Body Bumpin' Yippee Yayo by Public Announcement. That's a, certainly a one-hit wonder. I I think you'll r- recall the number seven song by Savage Garden, very 90s, with Truly Madly Deeply. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that one? I do. I do. Very. This is so very like late '90s. As is the number eight song, by everybody. Backstreets back by the Backstreet Boys. Yes, it's interesting because there's there's a bunch of them that I just just not aware of at all. And it, it's funny as well because I decided just because I knew that this and I knew that this charts are quite different in the U.S. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. I was like. I was like, I wonder what the charts look like in the UK. So, I'll look. and the only, the only one, the only one that's the same is truly madly deeply. Really, Savage Garden. <laughs> the, the only one, the only one that's the same in the top ten. <laughs> well, there's a so Romeo and Juliet by Silk E. Fine featuring Chill um, was the number nine song, and number ten. I remember this being huge. This like all summer, it was like the summer song. Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground. Was that in your top 10 too? Not for that week, but I do remember that song. Uh, I don't know. Maybe things were released at a different time as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some, some of the ones, some of the ones in the UK top 10 are very British. So would I know them? I don't know. I mean, I can run through them quickly if you want. Okay. So at 10, we've got Teardrop by Massive Attack. Not ringing a bell. Do you know who Massive Attack are? No, oh. I don't. Okay, they they're they're a really cool band. They're a trip hop band. They were very big in the nineties. So then at number nine we've got Push It by Garbage, who were like a kind of alt rock. Oh, band. I loved Garbage. Yeah. Uh, at number eight, Dance the Night Away by the Mavericks, which is like a kind of country American kind of country thing. Okay. Thing on my mind by Steps, who were like a kind of boy girl band. Heard of Steps? Yeah. Uh, Truly Madly Deeply at number six, Savage Garden. Oh, funny. Like that by Run DMC versus Jason Nevins, which is like a remix of an old Run DMC. Yeah. Uh, Run DMC song. Okay. That was really big in 98. That was one of the biggest hits in 98 in the UK anyway. Um, All That I Need at number four by Boyzone, who were a big Irish band at the time. Um, Feel It by Tampera featuring Mia at number three. Which was a one-hit wonder. Okay. Ray of Light by Madonna at number two. Now I I very much remember Ray of Light. Yeah, yeah. I guess that was a big hit. And then at number one, Under the Bridge, Stroke, Lady Marmalades by the All Saints, who were a girl group. Oh. Okay. Cool. Well, that's interesting. Thank you for those. Sorry. Before we get into the movie, there's some news and events. 
One of which you could probably school me on, which is the Good Friday Agreement is accepted in a referendum in Northern Ireland with 75% voting yes. Do you remember that at all? Yes, it was a very big thing at the time. It was like seen as kind of um, an early victory for Tony Blair's government. I kind of, I mean, I didn't read massively into it because I, you know, at the time I would have only been quite 13. But I was aware of it. It was on the news a lot. We listened to the news a lot. Dad was quite political and I became quite political because of that, really. Um, It was a very big deal. And I think it was seen as kind of one of the first kind of triumphs of kind of Tony Blair government because Tony Blair had just been elected in in ninety seven, oh, yeah. uh, which was like a like a big deal at the time because Labour hadn't been in power for you know eighteen years and the Unabomber, aka Ted Kaczynski, was sentenced to <laughs> four life sentences plus thirty years, which is strange but that was actually a plea agreement to avoid the death because he would have received the death penalty did you guys hear about that over and across the pond yeah yes i i, I was yes that's not news to the drift for sure there were several weddings i guess may is a popular wedding month maybe that's why but Ethan mm. Hawke and Uma Thurman, I remember them being like a big Hollywood couple. They married and they divorced in 2005. Lance Armstrong got married to Kristen Richard in May of 98. They divorced in 2003. Jim Belushi married Jennifer Sloan in their home garden and they are actually still married. Supermodel Cindy Crawford married restaurateur Randy Gerber in the Bahamas, and I think that they're also still married. Are you a Beastie Boys fan? Or were you? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, Got a few of their albums, yeah. So I am going to mispronounce his name because I don't know how to pronounce it. Adam Yauk? One of the... I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. He married... I don't remember this, but he married the daughter of a prominent Tibetan activist, Deshan... Wangdu in New York. Right. I did know he was in I didn't know who he was married to, but I did know he was into Buddhism, so that makes that's... sense, yeah. And I and I can't remember if it's Yauk or Yaush. I, I, yeah, honestly, I don't know. I Somebody be, will I have to remember. <laughs> correct me. But they did stay married until he passed away, obviously, in two thousand twelve. So they were still married at that time. Frank Sinatra died. May of 98, he was 82. And do you remember hearing about Phil Hartman's murder? The comedian Phil Hartman? Of- yeah. I. T- this is one of those strange things where I'm not sure if I heard about it at the time. Yeah. Um, I, de- I definitely, maybe a couple of years later, would have would, uh, heard about it. Or I'm aware of the murder. I'm aware of the circumstances and... and- thing went on with that and i think phil Hartman's great but i i don't i just don't know if i if i actually heard it at the time or not it's just one of those yeah. things of like how memory works and you're like was i actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah the mind is a funny thing but unfortunately yeah he was murdered by his wife 
in his sleep and he was only 49. So yeah, he was great. Talented dude. Okay, so Black Dog. I am sure that the vast majority of people have not seen Black Dog before. I had not, and I am assuming you had not either, Scott. That is true, I had It was, <laughs> it did not do well. So of the month of May, there were a bunch of big movie releases that I'll talk about, but Black Dog came in number 12 at the box office for May. But the big box office movies here anyway were Deep Impact, Godzilla, The Horse Whisperer, City of Angels, He Got Game. I, that's still like probably one of my favorite movies ever. I love He Got Game. A tiny little movie called Titanic. So what's <laughs> hilarious is, so this is May. It's still like the number four or five movie, it was released in December the prior year. So six months later, it's still in the theater, A, eh? and like topping the box office. That's why. Yeah, the whole Titanic thing, the whole Titanic thing was crazy. Did you go to it at the theater? I did not. Oh? Uh, no, I, I not. I I didn't I didn't have a lot of interest in it, <laughs> and then because it was just like there was nothing but Titanic. It was you know, it, you know and so eventually when it came out to you know be able to rent on VHS, we had at the time the time yep. we had yep. the time. Uh, I was like, fine, I'll rent it and I'll watch. because <laughs> it was just it, it got to the stage where it felt like everybody had seen it, so I felt like I. I was required to have an opinion. Yes. And I was like, fine, I'll watch it. And then, uh, and then I was like, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, hot take. Do you still not like it? <laughs> I probably liked it more than when I first watched it. When it, I mean, there's things that I don't like about it. it it's not the type of movie for me. Okay. I, like, it's, I can see that. And it's not, it's not, it's not because it's a romance. There's other romance movies that I enjoy. It's just like, it's done in this particularly, cheesy sentimental way that i'm just robs me up the wrong way and some of the characters are really annoying and i don't think leonardo dicaprio is all that good in it. i guess i wasn't much of a leonardo dicaprio fan at the time or up until kind of the last decade mm -hmm. i've kind of changed my mind about him but yeah i find his character a bit irritating i find rose a bit irritating i find it all, like generally a bit of an aggravating film um i'll have to and... watch it to see i haven't seen it in a very long time but again, I, I think like I've definitely softened on it than when I first watched it. I just don't think it's a movie for a 13-year-old boy, no. really. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I remember <laughs> going to it, though, with my boyfriend. Because, let's see, I would have been like 16, 17, maybe. So I went to, it, you know, yeah. It was a, yeah, it was a good sure. movie for boyfriend-girlfriend yeah. to go to Since... at that age. And speaking of renting it, and or buying it on VHS, it was two tapes. It was a movie long enough that oh, it, they yeah, had to put yeah, it on right. two tapes. That's right. Mm -hmm. So then Bullworth was also a big movie. Quest for Camelot, Everest, and Les Miserables, which I still have not seen. Yes, I'm not seeing any of the Les Mis films. Yeah, it, speaking of something like that, nothing about that draws me in. Apparently, I mean, it's supposed to be so great, but I'm like, I don't know if I'll like it. Anyway, those were the big movies. 
Scott, as you are probably aware, season one of Retromade is based around both Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze, who I am calling the ultimate everyman. You clearly like Kurt Russell because you also had a season of his films. Do you have any additional tidbits you'd like to share about either Kurt or Patrick? Yeah, I mean, yes, I'm a fan of Kurt Russell. That's why we did the, the 90s season on Kurt Russell. And he, he's been in some of my favorite movies as well. The Thing is one of my favorite films of all time. Escape from New York is one of the my favorite 80s action films. So yeah, I, I've always, for a long time, been a big fan of, of Kurt Russell. A little side note, it was actually a really fun season to do. Yeah. Kurt Russell yeah, season. Because it was, movies were fun. And also, when you researched the behind the scenes stuff, it was all good stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, basically... For the Seagal season, it was like a nightmare. Of <laughs> it just, it was just, it was just like, and then, and then he did this, and then he, then he, had, you know, physically assaulted this stuntman, then he sexually harassed this woman, you know, like it was just constant nightmare stuff. And then the Stallone stuff, less of a nightmare, but a lot of diva behavior yeah. of like him butting heads with writers and directors and kind of like swaggering around. So less depressing, but still kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. Kurt was always like. No bad notes about Kurt. Any movie that I researched in, it was always like Kurt was a great guy. He was that. super professional. That's all I got. So I never, never read anything bad about him. So that was, um, and I am less, less aware of the films of Patrick Swayze and, but, you know, cutting back to, to my podcast, he is in one of my favorite 90s action films, Point Break, which I love. Um, so that is my favorite Patrick Swayze movie. Is and okay. yeah, point. I love Point Break. It, it it would be in kind of my nineties action list of nineties action films that I love. It'd be like top five. Ooh, that's pretty high praise. High mm -hmm. praise. So a lot of the movies that Scott just talked about, guys, we've either covered or will be covering on Retromade. What about Roadhouse? I love. That's one of my. Favorites. I do. Yeah. 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 No. No. Roadhouse is great. I think that's a really fun. So yeah, I can't can't go wrong. Yeah, I it, like I just because trailer dropped like yesterday. Have you seen the trailer remake with Jake Gyllenhaal? Well, we talked about it's late. No, I have not seen the trailer yet, but I will be covering. I'll do kind of like an add on. But we talked about the remake coming with the guys that I did wrote the Roadhouse episode with, and none of us are fans of remakes, but this one I said. I do like Jake Gyllenhaal, so I will give it a chance. But it it is sort of like, don't touch Roadhouse. How was the trailer? Trailer looked all right. I was surprised. Like I didn't know much about it other than Jake Gyllenhaal was it. So I was surprised when like Conor McGregor was one of the henchmen mm -hmm. bad guys. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, oh, he's he's doing movies now. So <laughs> hopefully. I'm, I'm sure that would have been an interesting experience for, for Jake Dillon. Mm -hmm. Hopefully Connor wasn't coked off his hand. Yeah, well, hey, listeners, stay tuned because there will be a little bit of a little bonus episode covering that. And we'll see because we were all like, hmm, Connor McGregor makes us less want to see the movie. Yeah, for lots of reasons. Yes. So if you've listened to the show... 
I clearly think that our everyman, Kurt and Patrick, have similar features, that they look kind of alike. Do you at all think that, or do you think that I'm a crazy person? I don't think you're a crazy person. <laughs> I just never thought about it. I never thought about it. Never, it never occurred to me. It never occurred to me that they looked similar at all. Uh, and then, but then the more I looked at the kind of banner photo on your Facebook page mm -hmm. for a retro mate and kind of looked at the two of them side by side, I was like, I can see it. All right. All right. <laughs> You're not sold, but, but you can see it a little. But okay. I can definitely see it. But because like, I just thought of them as different. And also like when I was, when I was looking them up as well, I was like, for some reason, I guess because I feel in the eighties, Patrick played kind of younger roles. So like, I'm, I was Good surprised point. that they're only a year apart. Yeah. Just because like, like, um, I, for, a, for the longest time, Kurt, like, even in the 80s, was playing kind of middle-aged guy roles, like, yeah, a lot of the time. Such a good point. <laughs> Patrick. So I think down. of him as much older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good point. I hadn't thought of that, but you're <laughs> Yeah, Kurt does. He It's like for 30 years, he's played middle-aged roles, and Patrick is playing yeah, like exactly. a teenager or something. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Well... Shall we finally get into the movie Black Dog? Black Dog was released May 1st, 1998, rated PG-13. It's only got a 5.5 out of 10 IMDb rating, which I have thoughts about that I'll get to later. <laughs> the director is Kevin Hooks. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of credits, but he is known for directing Passenger 57. And then he's probably got a lot more TV directing. So like 14 episodes of the TV series Prison Break, five episodes of This Is Us and a bunch of other stuff. The writers, there's two of them and neither of them were well known to me anyway. William Mickleberry and Dan Vining. And the music was the soundtrack of mostly like country music because we have a country star in it, but the music is done by George S. Clinton, who I believe to be like a pretty well-known country artist. Are you at all into country? I'm, I'm like pretty ignorant with it. I'm pretty country as well. I, I'm very much more of a, a rock metal person. So, so I, I, I'm like, and also I was just confused because I was like, this is all country music. And, and like, the music came up composed by George S. Clinton. And my first thought was, what's George Clinton, the guy from like Funkadelic? No, totally different from <laughs> Clinton. Um. Uh, hence the S. But yeah, I, I feel like he's the, I feel like he's like a well known country star or person. Okay. So all country fans, I know they're probably yelling. They're yelling at us. <laughs> also, because the name of the movie is like a well-known Led Zeppelin song, too. So yeah, that's right, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's not why it's See, called that. See, that I do know. <laughs> but it, that's not why it's called that. We'll get to why it's called no. Black Dog. But so we have our Patrick Swayze. He plays Jack Cruz. He's our main character, and then kind of the second lead is Randy Travis. A young Randy Travis, and his name is Earl. I think everybody probably has at least heard of him, but yeah, he's a musical artist. 
But I didn't realize that he was in so many, that he was, he has acted in a lot of things. I didn't realize that. So he was also in Deep Impact and The Rainmaker. And we have another musical, like, it's just full of musical artists. Meatloaf. (laughs) (laughs) Which I feel like he has come up in Retromade a lot lately. Like, his song was in one of the top ten in a prior episode. And then I guess I personally just recently watched for the first time ever the movie The Squeeze with Michael Keaton. Have you ever seen that? Uh Oh. I hadn't, I had not, and it's like a late 80s movie, but Meatloaf plays a bad guy in that movie also. So I didn't know Meatloaf was like such an actor either, but he plays Red. Yeah. And he does, he's actually, I don't, I didn't realize this, but he is known a lot more for some like Broadway musicals, like Hair and Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I have not seen either one of those which i know is like blasphemous right oh i know so yeah meatwolf it's it's interesting because yeah i'm sure like meatwolf's acting career is much more extensive but you know i always just thought of him as a musician and then he and then he starred in like rocky horror picture show and fight club and i thought that was yeah he's been in a lot i guess he i just find him strange like the, his very being odd i don't know i maybe it's the name does anyone else yeah feel i feel this way <laughs> he's he was an eccentric guy yeah like he would like deliberately kind of make things up to, not in a kind of like lying in a kind of devious way just in a kind of mischievous way where he would just lie about like details of his biography like his age and stuff like that in interviews just for his own amusement kind of that is interesting I did not know that. Good tidbit. Then some of the other characters. There's quite a few familiar faces in this. Gabriel Cassius plays Sonny. Actually, you know what I might do is read the description first and then come back to the cast because that might help make the cast a little more, make a little more sense. If anyone has seen this movie before, I desperately want to hear from you and get your thoughts. But we are going to spoil it. So watch it. And then come back to the episode. But the description for those of you who maybe haven't seen it in a while or most likely have not seen it, we have an ex-truck driver, Jack Cruz. That's our Patrick Swayze. He's released from prison for vehicular manslaughter after losing control and hitting a stranded motorist. His family is in danger of losing their house. They have a foreclosure notice. So he takes a job from his boss driving a truck up from Atlanta, they're in New Jersey, off the books, so to speak. And the trailer of the truck is loaded with illegal artillery and Red, Meatloaf, is hellbent on hijacking it. Jack teams up with Earl, who's our Randy Travis, to deliver the load and save his family. So that's the descriptions. We've gone through Jack and Earl and Meatloaf, who plays Red. And then there's these two guys that are, I don't know if this is a thing, but they drive, apparently when there's this felony being done, hauling illegal items in a semi-truck trailer, best practice must be to have some protection cars follow it. Mm -hmm. 
And that's what Sonny and Wes are. They drive in this, it's, it's a very 90s car. It's a blue, it's either like a Firebird or a Trans Am or something. And it's got T-tops. Do you know, are you a car person? Do you know? I'm not a car person. But it's, it's that kind of a car. I want to say it's a Trans Am Camaro Firebird type car. They drive behind the truck as like protection. So that's Sonny, played by Gabriel Cassius. He was in Black Hawk Down and some music videos, but he's got a familiar face. Brian Vincent plays Wes, the other guy that drives in that blue car. He's not well known, but I did take note that he was a Juilliard graduate. And then we have the boss who hires Patrick Swayze's character. His name in the movie is Mr. Cutler. More on that later, if that sounds familiar to anyone. He is played by Graham Beckel. He did look familiar, but like he's not super well known. I noted that he was in L.A. Confidential and also Escape Plan for any Stallone fans out there like me. He was in Escape Plan. And then... Melanie, Jack's wife, is played by Brenda Strong. Did you recognize her, Scott? Like a lot of people in this movie, I recognized her face. Uh, and then, like, I looked her up and I was kind of like, oh, it's not like I recognize her for any role necessarily. It's just like seeing her in a bunch of TV stuff, which it seems to be the same for a lot of the people in this. Yep. Where I, like, just recognized her face and be like, oh, it's it just, it's just, they popped up in so many things. Lots of stuff. It's just one of those faces. Yeah, that, that is, that's a good way of describing the, the whole cast, aside from like our top three people. But Brenda Strong, those of you who watched the giant TV series, Desperate Housewives, she's the one who's dead, but she narrates the show. That's her biggest credit, in my opinion. Cool. And then FBI agent Ford is played by Charles S. Dutton, and he is like a super, like you all know who Charles S. Dutton is. You might even remember the name or recall the name. A very familiar character actor. He's won Emmys for several of his guest spots on TV shows, including Oz. He was also in the movie Rudy, Aliens 3, and he was the sheriff in A Time to Kill. And then his kind of counterpart that he playfully fights with there's animosity between agencies so it's the fbi and the atf so the atf agent mclaren he's a very familiar character actor is played by stephen tobolowski he's had he has like almost 300 acting credits so yeah he's in, he's in just a million and one things. a million yeah, yeah yes I, yeah yeah, yeah. And, and charles s dutton and, and stephen tobolowski both both being covered on our podcast. Well, Charles S. Dutton appears in Surviving the Game, which will be our February episode. That's right. Um, and Stephen Toblowski was the serial killer in Glimmer Man, which we covered in our very first Steven Seagal season. <laughs> I did not see that movie. I am not a fan of You don't need to. I, yeah, I'm not either. a fan of the Steven Seagal. But I did listen not, to your episode about it. Not one of the best. It's kind of a seven ripoff. It's not very good. It's, yeah. Good to know. We watched it, so you so don't we don't have to. to. Okay. <laughs> yes, like he's in a ton of TV shows too. He played Clayton in Mississippi Burning, Ned in Groundhog Day, and he was also, I feel like, one of the like police people in Thelma and Louise. 
but he was in a ton of episodes of Californication as Stu Beggs. He was Hugo in Deadwood. So the name may not sound familiar to you guys, but you do know his face. I promise you that. All right. So this movie cost $30 million to make, and it only made $13 million. That's I wonder why that is. Do you have thoughts about that? It could be that there was other big releases and it just got overshadowed by that and it just got drowned out by the, by the bigger releases that you talked about mm-hmm. in the top 10. But I think, like, also, even though, and I'm sure we'll get into it, there is elements of this film that very, very 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also, like, a film kind of out of type in the sense of this is a movie that feels like it should have come out in 1978 and starred Burt Reynolds. Um, is, is, <laughs> That's so funny. There, there probably is a movie, and we just haven't seen it, about that. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there is movies like that, yeah. like, you know, you know, whether it's the Smokey and the Bandit films or, like, White Lightning, Gator, you know, all those mm-hmm. kind of, you know, all those 70s Burt Reynolds. But, like, that very specific kind of, like, that late 70s period was, like, Smokey and the Bandit, Jukes of Hazard, you know, came on, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Everything was about kind of like that kind of the South and car chases. And I feel like it's, it's a kind of like a late 70s movie made in the late 90s. Interesting. <laughs> so it just doesn't connect. Okay. I don't know. That's an interesting take. I didn't get that feel, but I see what you're saying. I had literally like never... This is, it's not like this was shown on cable, you know, like a lot of other action movies over and over. I'm not really sure. It's, it really just missed us all. So, well, with that, your overall, do you have any overall impressions of the movie? So my overall impressions is like, I enjoyed the movie. I'm not convinced it's a good movie, but I did, I, I did definitely enjoy it. And it is very good. Uh, the movie is very good when it's doing action stuff. Yes, I agree. It's excellent. All the stunts are excellent. All the car chases are excellent. All the the the, the way the action is filmed is is great. It looks great. Everything looks great. Everything's on point. It's the things in between that don't work so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there are some things about this movie that really confuse me. Um, Go on. But I'm basically the thing that confuses me about this movie is like the essential plot of the film <laughs> in the sense of I don't understand what the villains are doing. I don't understand. Like basically, Jack is taking these illegal arms to a place and he's supposed to take them to the place, dump them off the place, and then that's it. Right? But then Red tries to hijack it. Mm-hmm. So at first, I'm like, why are the villains hijacking their own illegal gun loads? And then I was like, oh no, but it's okay because the other guys like the main yeah. villain. So Red is betraying the main villain. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Then I'm like, but then why? But then Jack is agreed that he will take the guns to the place because he's got no choice and whatever. Um, so why is the main villain Cutler obsessed with getting Jack and not getting Red, who's betrayed them. And if Red hasn't betrayed them, then it makes even less sense because they're just hijacking their own loads. So I was just like, throughout the film, I was just like, I was just like, 
usually I don't get into the logic of like action yeah, yeah, plans because yeah. usually they're nonsense. You know, like I watch a Bond movie, the villain plan is usually nonsense, and, and usually I'm fine with. But with this particular one, I was I kind of got really hung up on it. I was like, I was like, I just don't. This doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense. And also, like Cutler is is not like a great villain, and you know he seems really he doesn't seem to have a very big gang. And then once all of Red Gang is taken out, then he has to do everything himself. His gang is just him and his henchmen, yeah. his head henchmen. I was like, he should be more worried about that than Jack. You know, like, his whole operation's <laughs> gone down the sink. I don't, like, he's not prioritizing at all. <laughs> he's a bad manager. No, that's so funny. So I, I don't know if I was, like, I must have been in a very forgiving mindset watching it because I was like, this good i had such little expectation of the movie and so sometimes that happens but i agree i was actually impressed by this movie i'm like dang it's all for all the reasons you said it's really done well but yes there are some pieces in the story i agree with you that i was confused by cutler so the boss forces Cutler's the boss, and he forces Patrick Swayze's character, Jack, to to take this load, and he knows it's illegal, and he's forcing his hand. But then there's a point at which, along the journey, Cutler goes to kidnap or take hostage Jack's wife and daughter. And I was like, why? I don't really understand why. But then I was like, well, I think he got word things weren't going well, and that perhaps jack is thinking about like he understands the fbi is now on their track and so he's thinking that jack is gonna give him up and so that's why cutler is holding jack's family hostage to ensure the safe arrival of the load that's kind of how i explained it away yeah i i guess but i just don't understand the thing that i don't understand i guess is the thing the, the thing with red either Red has been told to do that, which is confusing. Or Red is betraying Cutler, and Cutler is more ups- more focused on Jack, more obsessed with Jack than he is on Red basically sinking his whole operation. Yeah, unless... No, I'm with you. So the way that I understood it is Red is betraying Cutler. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. That's And so he's hijacking the load that he helped set up for his boss cutler you're right cutler i just think we haven't that's like the part two like the sequel we just haven't gotten to the point where cutler is aware like he's focusing on one thing at a time i want those weapons and i'll Mm -hmm. deal with the fact that i have a traitor in my force later yeah i don't know i get maybe (laughs) that's the best rationalization yeah because we do just have to go with it there are bits that are flimsy but I actually even think that the characters, they weren't just cardboard cutouts. Like the the four guys who are on this adventure together, like Randy Travis. At first I was like, yeah, why is there even another guy? But they explain that he's there because he has to drive the cab back, back to Georgia. Yep. Once they drop the load off, then he's going to leave and bring it back. Okay. Then there's the guys in the like Camaro car following one of them is an idiot and he turns out to be the mole he's a mole telling the fbi because 
all along, like they keep, they're like, how does the FBI keep knowing where we are at, at all times? There's a mole, but then we, there's also, I didn't see it coming that, did you see coming that Sonny? So spoiler alert, guys, Sonny, who has bonded with Patrick Swayze's character, like in a real way, I didn't think they were just interchangeable. I don't know. I, oh, no, no, I, I, I agree with that. No, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see I didn't see it coming that there was a mole from the FBI. But then once it was revealed that there was a mole from the FBI and they tried to keep it up, who's the mole? I was like, it's Sonny because it makes the most sense. Because Errol is clearly like Patrick Swayze's sidekick yeah. from the movie. Wes is clearly an idiot. So it had to be Sonny. <laughs> but Wes is the one, I guess, didn't, wasn't Wes the one who has been making calls reporting where they are? Oh, it, we yeah to to red yes oh to red yes. oh okay yeah that's yes, right yeah, yeah, yeah. so we have a mole that's how red keeps finding them so yeah so they, we've got two moles yes sunny's yes. the fbi mole and the wes's red red's mole. so along this journey listeners sorry it doesn't sound like it's that interesting but the there's a lot of action like like a lot of action car chase scenes explosions crashes fighting scenes that I think that's all done extremely well and there is a lot of it so we both have the FBI and the ATF so we cut between scenes of them working together but it's like agency versus agency so I don't know why both of them are involved but they are so they're tracking their whereabouts and then Red and his like dumb like he's portrayed to be really stupid junior and I even thought that was cute. Every person has a personality, except for Cutler. But like our four guys yeah. and then Red and some of those guys, they they do have personalities. And he keeps showing up with either like a car jamming into them or he boxes them in with a couple of other semis. And so there's always trouble along the way. Nothing is smooth sailing. So yes, we have Sonny who turns out to be an undercover FBI agent, and he has put a tracker in in the trailer part. And later, there's a scene where Patrick Swayze, after Sonny has already told him, he's come clean about it because they bonded. And again, spoiler alert, Sonny dies because he got shot and he dies. So he he tells Patrick Swayze this. I'm FBI, just so you know. So anyway, so then... Patrick Swayze finds that tracker and puts it on another semi to throw the FBI people off. Wes, he's the mole to red. So that's who we're talking about. I know it seems kind of confusing. So anyway, I was pretty entertained. I thought it was a pretty solid action movie. I don't, because I expected so little perhaps, but it, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. And so we open, the opening credits have this super like fast-paced, intense fiddle music over the opening credits. That's true. And it's it's got those kind of it's it's got those kind of whooshy credits that they kind of whoosh across the screen, which is such a kind of late nineties, early two thousands thing. It just felt nostalgic just watching the credits. I was like, I remember. Good point. <laughs> You're right. That is very late nineties. I knew immediately what kind of movie it was like. It set the stage for, okay, this is going to be like in an intense situation mm. because that's what's happening over the opening credits. And then immediately, like the opening scene is a car truck chase with Charles S. Dutton 
like FBI guy. So we're immediately put into this world. And then we only later see Patrick Swayze's character. He's like a mechanic. I don't, I don't know what kind of a, yeah, at a trucking company. Is that what he does? Yeah. yeah. That seems to be. So it's 98. So when we're introduced, I loved it. I, I thought he looked still really good. So we have a, would he be like late 40s, probably Patrick Swayze at this time? I think he'd probably be like 45, 46, something yeah. like that. He, of course, still looks really good. He's got short hair. His face looked a little puffy, but I I was, I'm there for the Patrick Swayze all day, every day. And like he still has a really nice physique and everything. So yeah, he's wearing like his outfit throughout the movie. He's got, it just looks really great. He, jeans and a button down plaid shirt rolled up. You know that look, you guys, like rolled up so you could see his, it's great. He, he did, he, he did look at, like, like, I, I mean. I'm not watching it with through the same yes, lens as yourself, but <laughs> but like for, from from my lens, I was like, ah, oh, he, he does look pretty cool. Yeah. He does because, like you say, he's got he's got the rolled up sleeves and he's, he's got like the kind of those leather driving gloves and the stuff. fingerless and gloves like... of it all, <laughs> you guys. There's fingerless gloves. I mean, you know, you're in for oh, a treat when those was, come out. I was like, he is looking pretty cool. Mm -hmm. well, I'm like. <laughs> Jack, Jack Cruz, yeah. <laughs> but what a name that now that is a name I feel like Sylvester Sloan would have come up with. Yeah, Jack Cruz is a very kind of like boilerplate action movie name, isn't it? Mm -hmm. so it's like uh, yep. it's the name of an action hero. Yes, for sure. <laughs> it is. I somehow have seen like a lot of trucker movies. I don't know if this is a whole genre, but listeners, you will recall we had. Our other everyman, Kurt Russell, also played a trucker in... Do you remember which movie, Scott? I 80s movie. 80s. He plays a trucker. Yeah, you'll know. Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, of course he plays a trucker in yeah. that movie. Yeah. Love that movie. Yes, of course. Yes, Pork that's right. Express. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So we have both Patrick and Kurt now playing truckers. And there's like another parallel that... I'm a big Sylvester Stallone person. Did you? Oh, uh, over the top. Cutler. The, top. the boss, a.k.a. Oh. bad guy in both movies, is named Cutler. Uh -huh. oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three movies now that have us thinking truckers are hot. Listeners, what other movies? I bet you there's more. What other movies about truckers? We have... We've now had Sylvester Stallone, Kurt Russell, and Patrick Swayze, all super hot dudes, playing truckers. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of other truck movies I can't remember. I know that there's, I wouldn't say he's hot, though. I, there's, a, you know, Burt Reynolds' friend in Smokey and the Bandit. He's a trucker. There's a lot of trucks in that yeah. movie. Yeah. I can't remember. can't really remember Convoy now. I remember I remember. It's a lot of truck movies in the kind of late Yeah, you're right. Stuff. You, like, you like, <laughs> just on with that, actually. Yes. <laughs> I'm a big dog person. Do you have cats sure. or dogs? I feel like you've told me and I forgot. We, we have two cats. Two cats. Okay. I am also, when I say I'm a big dog person, I mean that in two ways. <laughs> I love dogs, but also I like big dogs. So I'm a big dog person. There is a gorgeous large black dog in this movie 
it's all black and it's a pretty large pit bull with cropped ears and people don't do that i don't know why people do that and he has a i don't actually know if it's a boy or girl but the studded collar he's in the trailer he like i think it's earl's dog but he's in the trailer part of the truck as like protection he's like a guard dog but he's not i mean we see him and we're supposed to think oh my god that's a vicious dog but it's actually like a super sweet dog anyway i thought the dog was absolutely stunningly gorgeous. Did you take note of the dog at all? I did like the dog. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's a cool dog. I think we're supposed to be kind of scared of it at first because of. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. When when because he, he opens the door and it's growling at him mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, it looks like he like, chews off him off. Yeah, and just pitbulls <laughs> with the those short cropped ears. Oh, if he had floppy ears, he just oh, I don't know why people do that. Anyway, the dog's name is Tiny, and it's Earl's dog, and. Earl gets hurt at the end of the movie and he asks Patrick Spazi and his family to take care of Tiny for him till everything blows over, I think he says. So there's a there's an awesome dog in the movie, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Meatloaf's character had an interesting quirk about being, how shall I say, he was constantly like quoting the bible like he was super religious like in a freakish way while he's committing crimes and trying to murder people he's like quoting bible verses what do you think that was all about i don't know i i think it was just i'm not sure if it was about anything (laughs) other than just to give him a quirk Mm. just to give him like something that because i feel like that's very of the time as well Mm -hmm. like particularly um kind of post post pulp fiction that kind of whole tarantino influence that seemed to permeate 90s cinema where sometimes characters were were just given quirks for no other reason than just to give them quirks and i kind of feel like this is in that realm okay i yeah you're probably right i mean they were in the south i took note of it though because it was like there was a lot of it I do wonder, like, I would be interested if to to hear, you know, if any of your listeners are from, like, I don't know, like, Georgia or Texas or whatever, like, what their thoughts are on some of the characters. Because particularly Junior is, like, the cartoon stereotype yeah. of what pe- people in the South or South of America are, like, you know, kind of, like... <laughs> yeah, like, he's so dumb that he's... Yeah. yeah. He's, he, he's very much portrayed as the kind of cartoon version of hick town mm-hmm. <laughs> the mechanic yeah because there's even a an exchange between meatloaf like he says something dumb junior and and meatloaf is like are you planning to have kids meaning you shouldn't because there's too dumb to procreate <laughs> and he doesn't even get that part of it he's like, oh love i find the right the right lady i might you know <laughs> i remember in the 90s a game, like a car game, that we played was Padiddle. Had you heard of that? No, I hadn't heard of that. It's not something... I don't know if it we didn't make its way to the UK or, or I just wasn't aware of it. I'm not, I'm not sure. But yeah. So, I keep forgetting his name. Who's the... Not Sonny, but... Wes. Wes, thank you. He says it a few times. He's, let's Padiddle. I want to hear from listeners, if you're from the U.S. or not, had you heard of this? Because I took note of it because we did play it. So the idea is that 
at night, if a car has a, one of its headlights out, I don't know where the name comes, why, I don't know, for whatever reason, you yell piddle and hit the top of the car. And so Wes okay. wants to play that a few times. The first time he says it, it's light out. And so he's like the mm -hmm. dummy of their group. Sonny's like, it's daytime. Yeah. What? But Padiddle, it was a thing in this movie as well. The surprise is, because I was just in such an open, like, my brain wasn't on at all. They got me twice in this movie. Like, I did not see it coming, as we talked about, that Sonny's an FBI agent. So this movie actually kept me on my toes. Scott's probably laughing at me like, <laughs> you moron. And then the ending, there's a false ending. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no the, the false ending didn't get me because I, I was like, we didn't see Red die. Red has to come back. Mm. Because like that, cause that plot thread was left hanging, then the film is not doing its job. I was like, well, Red <laughs> has to come back. And then, so like when its car came back, I was like, Okay, movie, you've, you've done well. Oh, good. Because so, if the end credits had happened there, I would have been annoyed. I would have been like, <laughs> I would have been like, but Red was one of the main villains. He has to die on screen. He can't just be like, crash somewhere and be annoyed and then not turn up again. Like, the whole main thrust of the movie is Red has been chasing them this whole time. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we think the movie's over. So, like, the FBI, like, the, the crime law element has been resolve and so the family is just like kind of drive they're like oh drive the truck back to the impound lot so now it's the family patrick his wife his daughter and now the dog they're this happy family they're driving the truck wherever and dumb me i'm like accepting this being like yeah that's great they're talking about going to the basketball game like the daughter is oh are you guys gonna come to my basketball game tonight and earlier patrick has said something to her about getting her a pair of high top tennis shoes or something. And so he's, yeah, after we get you a pair of high top tennis shoes. So I'm like, I'm thinking that's the resolution. I'm like, oh, how sweet. And then boom, here comes Red, like sliding him. So it got me, you guys, there was a false ending and it wasn't over. There was one last action scene to take place. It was, it was, a, it was a good action scene. I, I love this. As much as I think there's like flaws in this movie, there are certain things that this movie does that I love. I love action movies where things are just are just very much of an action movie. Mm -hmm. Take you that are out, they're out of the real world, just really lean into action movie tropes. So the action movie trope that this movie leans into is people who have watched action movies a lot will know everything explodes. Doesn't matter how. Just mm -hmm. they just explode on demand. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when I mean, like Red, you know, has a spectacular crash. He crashes through a window and then he runs into his train and like his truck, you know, explodes. And I, I I love that. And there's some of them that are really funny and really ridiculous. There's one of the car chases where Jack kind of tells Sonny to do this particular driving maneuver because this car is like bashing in to to Sonny's car. And he's, you know, and, and like really hit the accelerator now. And then, uh, Jack hits the brakes. The car goes into the back of it, kind of lightly taps the back of the truck and just immediately explodes. <laughs> and I was, I was like, that's the kind of thing I watch action movies for. There were a lot of explosions. Doesn't make any yeah. sense. 
why these explosions are happening. Everything just explodes on demand. It's amazing. <laughs> there was one that made sense because they hit like a gas pump and then like a That's trucking, true. a truck carrying gas, like gasoline. So that one made sense. But yeah, no, it's, yeah, I guess, like I said, I was just very open and I was there for it. And it was great. Also, you guys, another reason to watch is that we get Patrick Swayze channeling his toughness from his roadhouse days playing Dalton. He's injured and he has to, he has to fix himself up a la Dalton in roadhouse. He cauterizes a wound with searing it with gunpowder. Is that what it was? Did I get that right? Is that? That's right. Yes, he sears it with gunpowder. I love this. I love our action hero is so amazing that he's not done this before. <laughs> he's not even seen somebody do it. He just heard somebody talk about this in prison and just immediately imbibed information and knew how to do it. I mean, it's Patrick Swayze, of course. Yeah, Earl's like, Earl saw him do this and he asks about it later. And yeah, he tells him, oh, I heard about it in prison, blah, blah, blah. I just wish I could learn like that. I could just like overhear information and then just know things. Just like <laughs> osmosis, sort of. I'm not a country person, so I'm like not familiar with Randy Travis. Like I know what he looks like probably more so now, but we have a young Randy Travis. And when I saw him, I immediately was like, oh, my God, he looks just. Did you think he looked like anybody? No. Just me. Mark no, Mark no. Paul Gosseler. Paul Gosseler. Oh, the Zach from Saved by the Bell, but oh, like when he's You mean as he looks now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Like an older, <laughs> yeah, right. like a grown right, yeah. up with a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark yeah, yeah. Paul Gosseler. Yeah. Did you Yeah, the, the bearded No, I I hadn't thought of that. That didn't strike me, but now now I think about it. Yes, because I yeah, I saw him in an action movie like last year or whatever. So yes, I can picture him. As he is now. The bit that we didn't talk about yet was the story of why the movie is called Black Dog. What did you think about That's that? Right. I I thought it was kind of I I I wasn't sure. Like I, it was it was pretty entertaining the way it was told. I was like, my first thought was like, is this a real thing? Because like, you know, there's this kind of like black dog thing of if you're. If you've overextended yourself and then the black dog kind of comes and gets you, I was like, I wonder if this is like a real trucker superstition. Because obviously there's lots of professions have loads of superstitions, mm -hmm. particularly fishermen, sailors, kind of like that. You know, they're very superstitious people. I Yeah, that was my first thought. And then, but the way the flashback is done, I think like partly because it's like a CGI, 1998 CGI black dog. Mm -hmm. And then partly because the actors, the the basically the vehicular manslaughter that he causes, the couple that they got in the flashback, like, they did such kind of hilarious kind of reaction shots <laughs> that, like, like they kind of went... <laughs> so, so it's supposed to be, like, this dark moment, mm -hmm. but I ended up laughing because it was just so cartoonish. Then I felt bad about laughing because yeah. I was like, this is supposed to be a dramatic, <laughs> mm -hmm. dramatic moment, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, so listeners, I, I too wondered, Scott, if if this is a real like trucker legend. So there's a, yep. st a story of the black dog. So Earl asks Jack, Oh, 
like something like, did the black dog come to you or something? And the idea is that you push yourself too hard, you're too, you're tired or whatever. And then this black dog in your brain, like in your mind, jumps up at your truck and causing at least Patrick to slam on his brakes, lose control of the vehicle. And then he runs into the, the motorists and kills them. And so that he goes to prison for it or whatever. And it's a dark, rainy night and, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, I was, I guess it, to me, it was a bit anticlimactic, the story. Like I thought there'd be more, I don't know. I wanted more from the story, especially considering literally the, the name of the movie. Like that's so, what it's about. But it, before we get, because we don't learn this legend or superstition or whatnot until towards the end of the movie. So I thought when we're introduced to the black dog, like the the actual like black pit bull dog in the truck, I'm like, oh, is that why this mm-hmm. is called black dog? I just went with that. And then, nope, that's <laughs> not, that's not why. So listeners, is this a real thing? What do you think? Also, I didn't realize was like, because there's, he has a dream features the black dog kind of early on in the movie. That's right. And then, and, and then they kind of call back to it when Errol explains the superstition of the legend of the black dog or whatever. And then I've, and then I remembered the dream scene from earlier on. And I was like, oh, wait, that was supposed to be a dog? I wrote down in my notes, why is Patrick Swayze having a weird dream about a panther? <laughs> it did. It was a strange looking. I kind of thought maybe too. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it was supposed Black dog. Yeah. Yeah. Similar. <laughs> similar. There's not a lot of trivia. There usually is like a ton, but a few things that I took note of. One, th- this is not surprising to me at all because Patrick Swayze is, I just love him so much and he really kind of takes a role on. He did actually go through a real truck driving school to earn his class A CDL commercial driver's license. Yeah. That's cool. That that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, I've read that before that Patrick Swayze did like a lot of his own kind of Mm -hmm. stunts and stuff like that. I do wonder in terms of some of the stunts, I do wonder, you know, how much he did because there's some that are pretty, pretty dangerous. Mm. Oh, yeah. Particularly the one where He's like dangling off the side truck and then his feet are kind of dangling and then the, the car is kind of coming at him and he has to lift his feet up and then put them back down and then, you know, like all that. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, even, even well, obviously, the, you know, in, in real life, you know, very slow and you know, all these kind of other connections around it and stuff like that. Still, I was like, if he's doing that himself, you know, that's hardcore nuts. I wonder. Yeah, that that is a dangerous stunt. I mean, he's not 25 anymore, but it's Patrick Swayze. So yeah, I don't know. Somebody somebody let us know. I all the thousands of people who've seen Black Dog. Okay, this one casting what ifs are always wild to me. This one is I almost don't have words. I don't have words. Kevin Sorbo was originally signed to star instead of Patrick Swayze. Kevin Sorbo. Isn't he the Conan? What he played? Uh, yeah, he played Hercules in in the, the the Legend of Hercules TV series. Yeah, like and yeah, like or the yes, he played the Hercules in the Hercules TV series in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's most famous for, that and there was a sci-fi show called Andromeda. Um, oh, he was in that. that. Okay. That he was 
he was he was in that as well. But I think he's most famous for playing Hercules yeah. in the Hercules TV show. He is a I have no idea why that man ever had a career. He is the blandest action star. I have there's some actors there's some action stars that I'm not like a fan of. I know like I'm not a fan of Kevin Sorbo for a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. You know. But just purely on his acting, just pure he is one of the most wooden no idea. I mean, I know like physique wise he's got like sure, a decent physique why, or whatever, I which pro which is I assume is why he's played Hercules or whatever. But I, I just, I mean, I couldn't watch that show. I like action shows like that. Mm-hmm. I love Xena Warrior Princess, yeah. which is like a spin-off yep. of that show. But I couldn't, I couldn't with Hercules because he's, he's just such a terrible actor. One of the worst leading men of all time. I, <laughs> I fully agree. That's, and, and I feel like Patrick Swayze is so talented as an actor. And so I'm like, what, how, how, what? twilight zone where are we working with where kevin sorbo was the original and he had to pull out due to medical problems and they're like oh let's look at they got patrick swayze instead wow yeah i mean that is that is crazy patrick swayze with second choice kevin Sorbo. but i've not seen tons of patrick swayze movies i do like him in some things he is 10 times the actor that kevin sorbo is like <laughs> yeah it's oh, not even close. A bazillion times. I mean, he's like a legit yeah, absolutely. good actor. I mean, he's one of my Edvermans, so I've covered him a lot. Plus, he's just like a great person or what was. Rest in peace, Patrick. But I mean, one of the things that I commented on about this movie is that I didn't think the characters were cardboard cutouts. They, there was at least like each person had a personality. So I'm like, what were the, Kevin Sorbo. I don't know. It's wild to me. I'll I'll let it go now. <laughs> I do think I I, I mean I, I'm absolutely with you because like you say he's he's a Patrick Swayze a million times better than Kevin Sorbo. But I do think it is one of those movies that has, despite bizarre possible costing choice, has been cast very well. And I think the reason that the characters aren't cardboard because I think based on the script they could yeah is due to the acting mm-hmm. and they've just got these great character actors like Charlie S. Dutton, Stephen Toblowski, you know, Meatwolf, all these people who have these like personalities that really brought that to the fore, the characters. And the same with Patrick Swayze. Jack Cruz could be a very standard boilerplate action hero. That's but true. he, you know, he he brings it a bit a bit of emotion to it. And I think like Patrick Swayze is one of those action stars as well who's convincing as a dad, mm-hmm. not all action stars are, you know, like a lot of them, you know, particularly kind of the kind of Clint's and the, you know, your Dolph Lundgren's and, and your Steven Seagal's and all these kind of people, John Claude Van Damme's, they often play kind of lone wolf characters yeah. and they make more sense yep. as like lone wolf characters. Whereas you put them in a family context, you're like, mm, that feels weird. Mm-hmm. But Patrick, much like Kurt, yep. is one of the few action stars that makes sense as like a kind of, oh yeah, they do have like big dad energy. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> dad, I love that. They do. Yeah. Because there are every men. Like, you, like, they're just like a regular person, but better. Two other things. Gun smuggling investigations apparently are not actually in the jurisdiction of the FBI. So... That is one thing. I'm not sure why they why that was a part of the movie. 
kind of the the agency fighting. I mean, maybe that adds a little bit of a layer, but just I guess uh, the FBI wouldn't have been there, just the ATF. And yeah, then... I guess we don't get the I guess we don't get the banter between uh, yeah. Charles S. Dutton and Stephen Slusky. Yep, I did feel like that was like a very '90s element yeah. of the film, mm-hmm. in the sense of action films tend to be socially more conservative than you know, like they just. Uh, tend to be yeah. that and uh, Stephen Tablowski kind of talks in this kind of therapy talk yeah, and um, the, the Charles S. Dutton in the movie has a very eye-rolly re- reaction to this but Stephen Tablowski manages to get Charles S. Dutton's respect because he just kills a man not because he's a good investigator <laughs> he's done something you know well at his job just because he killed the guy and he's like, now you're a real man now <laughs> I can like... respect you yeah yep <laughs> and it's like it's like politics of this movie hmm dodgy but okay <laughs> yeah, good point uh, yeah and you're right about yeah that's very actiony very 90s very yeah 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 all of the things the other thing so Patrick Swayze, they give him back his license after this. Just, I don't know. Yeah, that whole none of that was believable. But I'm pretty sure that people convicted of vehicular manslaughter are not actually eligible to ever get a commercial driver's license again. So I don't think that that would have happened in real life for Cruz. But, you know, it's a movie. Yeah, I think that's just what I... I one of those things that is not believable at all, but you know we have to get there for our happy ending. Mm-hmm. You know the house is saved. Yeah, he's got his license <laughs> back. Let's go skip all game. You know, it's like... oh wait, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually was thoroughly engaged watching this movie with our everyman Patrick Swayze. It was adrenaline filled, highway road action i don't know how to describe the genre exactly good flick but it is time now to return to present day reality scott thank you so much for joining me to talk about this wild ride pun intended of a movie and 1998 do you have any closing thoughts about black dog i guess my closing thought is obviously it's not a super well seen and it's maybe not, you know, on a script level, on a plot making sense level, not necessarily the best movie you'll see. But if you're an action fan, there is like an action scene every five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like all the action scenes are good. All the car chases are good. The fights are fun. Everything action related to this film is good. So want something that you can switch your brain off to on a Friday night or whatever. It's a perfectly acceptable movie. It's a fun ride. I concur. Now please, tell us where we can find you. So you can find all 90s action all the time, kind of wherever you can find podcasts. It's on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on a few other podcast providers. If you want to hit us up on social media, you can. We've got a Facebook page, all 90s action all the time. We've got Twitter, X, you know, whatever you want to call that, um, which is 90s Action is our handle for that. As I mentioned, New Horror Express is winding down, but you can still hear all the episodes wherever you get podcasts. Again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. 
And yes, and also we've got a website, newhorrorexpress.com. And I should have mentioned about All 90s Action all the time, that of course you can listen to the Last of the Action Heroes podcast. You can. Like Scott's show about 90s action, I also co-host One More Round, the Rocky Series podcast, and it's on the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network. That's how I know Scott. And I do want to thank you all for listening or watching Retromade. If you do have thoughts, feedback, etc., please offer a review. Alternatively, you can also email me at retromadepodcast at gmail.com, Facebook page, YouTube comment, all of the things. Until next time, be kind. Rewind. <laughs> <laughs>